Thanks for listening today. This has been the Wifestyle Hustle Podcast. That's W-I-F-E style. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Consider liking and reviewing our podcast wherever you listen. Share it with a friend. It really helps us out. Look for our new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. We'll see you soon. This is a continuation of the things I was wrong about. Kitchen style. If you're looking for quality entertainment, you're on the right episode. If you're looking for something to help you grow as a person and learn something valuable, we have a lot of other episodes I'm sure you'll enjoy. Let's get started. My first one is when I first got married. So this is a kitchen fail or cooking fail. And it's a little bit embarrassing, but I will try and get through it. I wanted to make beef stroganoff and I didn't have the internet because I'm old. <laughs> Everyone didn't necessarily have the internet back then. It, would, it was definitely a thing, but it wasn't necessarily something everyone had and we hadn't gotten it yet. I was just trying to figure it out from memory. We lived in a place where the, we lived in Hawaii and the, the hours were off and I didn't think my mom would be available to call. So I just tried to figure it out. Like I remembered all the ingredients and I watched my mom make it a whole bunch of times. So I figured I could, I could just get it, you know, I could figure it out. And I, you know, I got all the ingredients together and I, you know, I put it together and the color was still off of it. And I was like, oh, I need wine. I need to put wine in this. It was beef stroganoff, if I didn't already say that. And I went to the store. I don't know why I didn't just send my husband. We were newly married, so I didn't know that that was a thing you could do yet. So anyway, I went myself and I was looking at the shelves and it wasn't, it wasn't the regular grocery store. It was like, it was like a gas station almost, um, shop at, that's what they call it in the military. And so they didn't have any wine. So I looked, but I didn't know that because I didn't, I didn't have much experience shopping for alcohol either. <laughs> you just because know I was, what you didn't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, here's some. And I got it and I brought it home and I put it in the uh, beef stroganoff and it turned the right color. And, you know, we moved on with our lives. My husband got a plate full and sat down and started eating and he's like what did you put in this it's good i mean it's good but it tastes very alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> and i had put in mad dog 2020 which as anyone knows is not wine at all but it's actually liquor <laughs> <laughs>
And I, you know, I just didn't know. I didn't know that because I hadn't ever been exposed to that. And my husband explained to me that that was not good for cooking. (laughs) (laughs) But he ate it anyway. And so did I. And I was embarrassed. And he's told this story over the years a couple of times to people. (laughs) And I've, I've gotten used to it, you know, that I failed at one of my first meals that I made. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty awful. (laughs) I thought it was nasty, but he's like, "Eh, it's still good. I'll eat it. I mean, he'd already had a few mouthfuls by then. And you know, we'll we'll eat anything when we're in our early 20s and live on alcohol alone already. Right. Yeah. For my first one, I'm hailing back to my first year of marriage. Also, um, I we had actually been married for a while. We were stationed in different places. And so I ended up getting out of the Air Force and moving to where my husband was in North Carolina. And so our first year of marriage was actually our second year of marriage or close to it. We ate some really bad food that whole year that's my story we ate bad food pretty much the entire year and it just my he didn't jason didn't know how to grill yet so he was learning to grill i was learning to cook in the house and we both had he didn't have a lot of cooking experience i'm talking about lauren and i we both had a lot some cooking experience leaving home but it's not the same as cooking you know, all the meals for yourself and not having the guidance of somebody to say, hey, you need salt or you should stop cooking that. Um, <laughs> that was done 10 minutes ago. Um, yes. And so we ate just, we, I, I'm surprised we live, honestly. Uh, we, we ate a lot of raw chicken. We ate some overcooked chicken. We also ate some burnt chicken. Dry chicken. There's a learning curve to chicken. There is. There there just is. And we ate some other bad food in between these bad chicken dishes. It it just, (laughs) it it was not not a good year for our insides. It was just bad. (laughs) Well, I imagine it's kind of like that for a lot of couples, especially when you get married young. Mm-hmm. You know, just figuring out how to cook together. Yes, definitely. Because we we definitely, especially the for like now, I pretty much I pretty much do all the cooking. Steve cooks sometimes, but you know, I don't have a job, so well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so I do most of the cooking. But when we first got married, of course, I had a full time job, so we split the cooking, and you know, we both were learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then it's oh. the same for us. And I, I can't say Jason did a whole lot of in-the-house cooking when we were first married, but he, to this day, and I, I know Steve does too, did did all the grilling. So mm-hmm. we lived in North Carolina, so summer was a lot longer then. So we, mm-hmm. we ate a lot of grilled food that that year, and most of it was bad. <laughs> yep, ours, yeah. ours definitely was too. Like there's the grill and, you know, Steve actually did come to our marriage knowing how to cook some things, but it was all indoor cooking. 
and mm. the grill just like anything you know it's it's a thing an acquired ability definitely and i don't think he had spent much time grilling his dad did that mm-hmm. so i guess that's something i need to think about with our kids making sure that they figure out how to use the grill too yep <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there <laughs> yep my second one is a cake fail about I don't know, probably about six or seven years ago, my eldest is nine, I decided that I loved my husband's mother's tradition of making her kids a cake every year. And she made a themed cake. Now, I don't want to make this sound like she was building some kind of cake castle because she wasn't. Most of the time, what she did was she made a a sheet cake and then drew pictures on it. She was artistic. So uh, she'd draw pictures on it with frosting. And, you know, it would be whatever the kids wanted, which I thought was a really cute idea. And not, I mean, when you do it like that, it, it isn't a really big time commitment or huge skill level either. It's just a cake made of love. <laughs> with with something that the kids like you know on it and uh over the years they took pictures of them all they were always something the kids loved and that she loved to make and i wanted to have that experience too i loved the idea of it so i bought myself some cake pans and i that first year she was actually here and helped me make the cake so that cake was good (laughs) but the following year i made one on my own and i couldn't get it out of the pan i i guess it's best when you make a cake uh in like a round cake pan to put not only grease or you know butter or whatever it is you use as a grease (laughs) in your pan but also to put in some kind of parchment paper and i didn't know that and so i didn't put in parchment paper and the thing i couldn't get it out and it came (laughs) out in pieces and i had to glue them back together with icing and that's my big cake fail i've actually I've had that happen more than once because I don't make cakes like every other day. So I forgot. And there have been times when it was so bad that I just had to throw it away and start over. I mean, I didn't throw it away because it was a perfectly good cake. I just put it in the freezer and we took out pieces and ate it (laughs) between birthdays (laughs) for dessert. But, you know, I had to, I had to start over again. (laughs) My next one for my fail was a couple of years ago. It was about this time of year. So early fall, in, it, for me in early fall, I'm like inside outside. I'm still dealing in the garden, but I've, I've moved inside with some of my kitchen things. I've started baking bread again. And so I, it was a super busy day. And so I stuck bread in the oven and then I went outside and I'm like, I'll remember, I'll come back in in you know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes and check that, which is a lie. I never do that. And it, it's it's silly of me to think that I'm going to do that this time. I, I should set an alarm and I, I've gotten better. 
after this incident, I, I, I have gotten a little bit better and I really try and set myself an alarm on my phone that I take with me. Um, but this time I didn't. So I'm out um, picking beans or, or something, doing something in the garden. And I, I realize like 50 minutes later that I forgot and I come in the house and I, it, did you know that burnt bread smell is one of the hardest things to get out of your house? It, uh. it was like black billowing. It was so bad. <laughs> and I, of course you open the oven and which is the last thing you should do. I, I really, I, yo, and if you have a fire in your oven, don't open it because it starves itself of oxygen. This is like a, I don't know, a, a PSA. Uh, it starves itself of oxygen, <laughs> it'll go out. But if you open the oven, you give it oxygen and make the fire bigger and worse. And so if you have a, I didn't have a fire in my oven. We were only smoking. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. Um, so I, I'll never do that again, she said. Um, <laughs> another time, and this is along the same lines of trying to kill my family, <laughs> I, hot, I put hot or spicy peppers into a pan thinking that I was going to just um, soften them up with a little bit of heat. And unfortunately, if you've never done this before, don't. It, it releases that capsaicin that's in the pepper out into the air. And we were caught, my, we were all downstairs at the time. The whole family was. We were coughing so bad. We thought we were going to die. It was so bad. Oh. So if you want to warm your peppers, don't. Or put something else in the pan first so that it's not just the pepper sitting in the pan. So, you know, whatever your other sauce is, put it in your sauce so that it doesn't release that um, spiciness into the air. And don't be me. Don't try and kill your family without peppers. That, that was not a good idea. Yep. <laughs> On a totally related note <laughs> to that, a couple of years ago, no, it was last year, I decided to make dried smoked pepper spice. And so I got it all dried out and it was, it was, it had been smoked and then I let it dry. And then I put it in my uh, blender and I had the blender inside, which is a mistake because little particles from the peppers like kind of float around. Like as you're grinding it up, they're like minuscule, but apparently enough to kill you. <laughs> and we we were coughing like I was coughing so bad that I felt like I had lung damage from that. It was so awful so mm -hmm. make a note people not to if us. you're gonna do that take it outside <laughs> see to grind this it up. is an educational episode it we, is. we thought we were just gonna <laughs> laugh at ourselves no this is education no. right here don't exactly. be us learn from our stupidity <laughs> yes it's a good it's very good so that wasn't even my next one that was just a side note and peppers. Be careful with peppers. They're dangerous. <laughs> My next one is actually about canning. 
the worst thing uh can like a person who's canning can come across is your jars not sealing after you take them out of the uh pressure canner or water breath canner and i had that happen so many times and it's because i i think it was because i was actually boiling my lids along with my jars like before before you do anything before you put your sauce or applesauce or you know whatever you're canning into the jars you're supposed to sterilize the jars in boiling water and i had been putting my lids in too i was like this will soften up the rubber and then they'll cling right on no apparently that's not a good idea <laughs> it's better not to do that with your lids i stopped doing that and all my lids started sealing voila yay <laughs> yay we might eventually do a few canning episodes uh, where we'll delve more deeply into canning. And it, if you are canning and wonder what to do with your lids, you just stick them in when you pull your jars out. Uh, so the water mm -hmm. isn't boiling anymore. And that, that gives that rubber a little bit of a chance to soften, but not boiling hard, which as Lauren learned will ruin your lids. Yes. Speaking of canning, my next one is all about canning or not really canning, but more trying to kill myself with canning. Uh, last <laughs> week, when I was, I, I did up 56 quarts of tomatoes and not even 10 minutes into that project. I was cutting up uh, green pepper to, to put in my uh, tomato sauce. And I was in a hurry because I knew how many tomatoes I had in front of me. And I, I cut off the tip of my thumb. Which... Oh ruined my life for days <laughs> this is such a, a tender area area that you touch on everything and it, it was and i i mean i had I, I ended up finishing all of the tomatoes with just pain so much pain it doesn't hurt anymore but now i wonder what is it gonna look like when it heals because really i cut off like a, i don't know i probably should have gone off to the hospital uh, probably, a, I don't know, a quarter inch off the tip of my tongue, my thumb. Will I have a print anymore? <laughs> Could I rob a bank and not get caught? That would be kind of cool. Only uh, if you only touch the money with your thumb. Right. right. Just that one right hand. <laughs> Just that one thumb. I don't know. I But yes, that, that was my my kitchen fail for my most recent kitchen fail. And I, it was it was really bad. <laughs> I was in excruciating pain for fifty six quarts of tomatoes. <sighs> and of course, well, I mean, I'm sure you put on a glove. Yes, but of course, whenever you're doing tomatoes and you have a cut anywhere on your hands, it's like ow! Every time <laughs> you do anything, because yep. it's acid in a wound. Acid. <laughs> well. It's happened to me many, many times that I thought I was making double the food so that we could have it another night. And it turns out I didn't or <laughs> people liked the food more. And I don't know, I'm kind of weak when it comes to my kind of scrawny children asking for more food. <laughs> they eat. They eat all the time, every single day kind of constantly but they just stay so thin 
<laughs> so when one of them asks me, mom, can I have seconds? I, I just can't say no. They're hungry. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes the food is really good and maybe I didn't make quite enough. So that's happened to me a whole bunch of times when <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was going to be enough. And then it just didn't end up being quite enough. And I didn't have the courage to just deny everyone seconds. I'll sit in your corner. <laughs> exactly. You can't yeah. have anything else. Uh, and my last one, this was last year. And I, I made probably, I don't know, 25 or 30 pints of jam last year. So I, I guess I shouldn't think that this is as big a fail as it was. But it felt really big because you time making jam is such a commitment uh time commitment so when it doesn't act right or do what you thought it should it's it, it's really disheartening i made peach jam last year and i i don't i still don't know what went wrong but it it came out super thin and there didn't seem to be anything i could do about it, it i mean thicker than water but thinner than jam should be <laughs> and I, it made me so mad because I, I you know i had an entire batch of jam that failed i labeled the top of every jar failed peach jam because i was so mad still tastes good just then so yeah you know, it was a failure oh well <laughs> i got some plum from you last year that the kids loved just want to say that was a good batch <laughs> it was so good <laughs> this episode does actually have a purpose and that is to remind you that no one's perfect and i don't think we've ever said that we are but i know it's implied a lot on the internet when you read a recipe that somebody wrote and you know you see their kitchen and it always looks, everything looks perfectly clean. And the item that they're trying to make that has no mistakes. Well, that's not life. That person <laughs> failed probably three or four times before they took those pictures and put that recipe up on the internet. I, I, what I want you guys to feel and why we did this episode is that you can keep on trying. And whatever you do, it doesn't have to be perfect the first time, but if you try again, it probably will be or nearly perfect. <laughs> I've made beef stroganoff hundreds of times since then, probably. And it's always been better than that time. <laughs> <laughs> that first time. <laughs> People make mistakes. Not everything in life is perfect. The purpose of this episode was for us to remember that. Until next time. Hi, we are Ellen and Lauren. We are sisters, wives, mothers, veterans, and all-around DIYers living our best lives. Our families each have three kids between 4 and 18 years old. On this podcast, we hope to help you learn to do what you can, where you are, and try not to sweat the rest. If you want to learn more about what we're discussing today, check out our show notes at wifestylehustle.com. You're listening to Wifestyle Hustle.